There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the new intro. We have rebranded Orion Sports Network. We are ready to bring you more than just hockey, more than just podcasts, more than just whatever the hell we've been bringing you in. Now we can do whatever the hell we want, and we are ready. We are excited. You know who isn't excited, though? Arizona Coyote fans. Let's just get this out of the way right now. They are terrible. They are awful. They are <laughs> the worst team in the NHL. They are the worst team in NHL history. What are they, 2-13-1? and one? Yeah, something like that. But they got the best player in the league on them, Phil Kessel. Game winning assist tonight, ladies and ladies and gentlemen. A three-two victory over the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, awful, just awful. Um, is this team like even trying to hide the fact that they just want to pick? They just want Shane Wright. Like you should at least try and hide it, right? I mean, how do you hide it though? At this point, like they're just so bad. It's one of those things where like they aren't even tanking. They're just they're just terrible. They're just a terrible hockey team. Yeah, it's it's embarrassing to the NHL and it's embarrassing to the Coyotes. Like, let let's get hockey out of Arizona. Let's get it back to you know Quebec. Move it to Houston. Give it to Hamilton. Put a yeah. second team in Toronto. Let's do something else no, with seriously. that team. Seriously, everyone keeps talking about this whole Matthews to Arizona in three years. Arizona Arizona ain't going to be a team in three years, guys. Like, let's be serious here. Yeah, I I can't see it surviving there too much longer. But let's move on to another sunny team that is doing. A lot better than everybody else expected. Not better than I expected. I had this I team making the say. playoffs. <laughs> I don't want to toot my own horn, but I said, watch out for the quack attack, the Anaheim Ducks, not the Anaheim Mighty Ducks, the Anaheim Ducks, although they're looking pretty fucking mighty this year. Troy Terry and the gang, Trevor Zegris, Ryan Getzlaff, Max Quamtois, they are all getting it done for the Ducks this year. Let me just read you off some of these stats. Don't forget John Gibson. Don't John Gibson. Well, Gibson. yeah, I, I'm getting there. Let me read you off some of these stats because they're pretty phenomenal. Troy Terry, who has just come out of nowhere, 15 games played, 11 goals, 9 assists, 20 points. Ryan Getzlaff, turning back the clock, 16 games – okay, this is a weird stat line. 16 games played, 1 goal, 16 assists, 17 <laughs> points. Adam Henrique. Six goals, seven assists, 13 points. Kevin Shattenkirk, somehow, four goals, nine assists. Cam Fowler, finally hitting the potential that we all knew he had. Two goals, 10 assists. Like, it's just unbelievable what this team is doing. Even Trevor Segris, who was my Calder pick, I'm going to stick by it. Four goals, four, four assists, eight points. Like, this team's just doing so well. Jamie Drysdale on the blue line's got seven points. And then you take a look at their goaltending, who is a massive, massive reason they are in the position they are in. John Gibson, games played, 12, 1-8, lost two shots, uh, sorry, goals against only 29, goals against average of 2.3, save percentage of 9.24. That's a phenomenal, phenomenal yep. stat line for John Gibson. And he has won them games. He has stolen them games. What I know you hate me talking about the Ducks, but my Ducks, you got to give them credit right now. No, I, 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 de- I definitely don't hate it. Obviously, I wish you talked about the Leafs like you talked about the Ducks, but that's a different story for a different show. Check out the post-Leafs show we just did. Win a playoff uh, round. Yep. Might well, come on now, man. <laughs> but, but we got to give all the, not all the credit, but we got to give a major part of the credit here to John, John Gibson. The guy's playing absolutely out of his mind. It, it, he is the, the major reason if this team goes anywhere – Let's be honest, he he is the backbone of this team, but their offense is clicking, their defense is clicking. Players that 
were supposed to hit the, hit their potential a couple years ago are finally starting to hit their potential now. Mm-hmm. Troy Terry, with his 20 points, actually has already tied his career high from last out of season. nowhere. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. And and I, it's and it's one of those things where I feel like I, I we talked about this last show. He he was one of those players that was definitely talked about when he was younger, and and he went through that like. I don't necessarily know how exactly how old he is now, but he, when he was 20, 21, turning 22, no one really talked about him. And then, boom, he's here. And he, well, he and had he's doing a, great things. When he was in the World Junior Tournament, he had a really good junior tournament. There was yep. some hype around him, and then he kind of dropped off. And this year, he just seemed to have gotten it together. Is it a heater? Like, how long can a heater go on for? Because I think this is now 16 games with a point. He got an assist against the Capitals tonight. I, I don't want again. I I don't want to sound like that that Toronto Maple Leafs fan that keeps bringing up Toronto Maple Leafs players. But again, it's one of the, it's it's the same conversation as the Jack Campbell conversation. How long until we just expect it? And Troy Terry is starting to show. He just goes out there and gets points, and he and he you, you, you kind of have to just expect it. He's I picked him up on the waivers in fantasy. Like nobody saw this coming. No, and he and he's one of those players that this this could be the season. He turns into that Patrick Sharp type player, and then yeah. slowly turns into that that bigger star type player, and then eventually turns into that guy where you give an eight year contract to, you give a max contract to, and you build your team around. He he does yeah. kind of seem like he's a mixture of Corey Perry and Ryan Getzlav, and he's kind of becoming that franchise player that Anaheim that the Anaheim Ducks love. And I touched on this last year. It just goes to show you what happens when you when you hold on to your prospects and you don't give up on them. Yeah. And you know what it's doing? This is providing really good shelter for Trevor Zegras, who he did play some games last year, but this is his official game. game. He did this. Oh, what a fucking one-timer. That was a rocket (laughs) into the back of the net. Jesus, You could see that coming before the pass left the stick because you knew he was going to hammer that puck right behind the the Vancouver goaltender. And that subtle confidence of give me the effing puck and just let me hammer it. That's what it was. And, and, like, I think this is only going to help the Ducks because now they have some swagger behind them. Yeah, I'm sure you remember the Ducks from 2000 and, let's say, 2006 to 2014. You didn't want to play the Ducks. You hated playing them. You hated going to Anaheim and playing them. You hated when they came here. I was I lived in, in California in 2007. That team was probably the perfect playoff team. And ever since then, they have go, that is what we want to be. That is the team that this team always is going to aim to be. And I think they're starting to get back to it. And yes, we we know about the whole Bob Murray incident, but that doesn't affect on-ice play. No, not at all. Right? No. And that is a separate issue. We'll talk about that at a later date when more details come out. But the whole on-ice performance of this team right now is just outstanding, and they've got swagger behind them. They weren't supposed to be this good, but now they are. Can they keep it going? And they're building a hell of a buffer right now. Yeah, and, you, and you keep bringing it up. It's it's like, again, again, I don't want to sound like that guy, but you keep bringing it up. It's the Toronto Maple Leafs of 2016. They weren't supposed yeah. to be there, and they were a really, really, really good team. And that's kind of what Anaheim is kind of doing. And I would say, again, I would say it's better yeah, than I was that, just gonna say than that twenty six because they didn't the Ducks didn't get the first overall pick, and they already have and they have established players. Yeah, the, this isn't a team that kind of just I, I don't want to say they're coming out of nowhere because they they do have players that have been there for a while and they have had star players there, 
but it's one of those things they have established players and they're kind of just building on it with young, young talent and the young talent's paying off for them again, kind of like that 2016 Toronto Maple Leafs team is with their, they're counting on their young prospects and the young prospects are young prospects are coming through for them. And the best part about it all for me is nobody's talking about them because everyone's talking about Troy Terry. Nobody's talking about the ducks. Yep. Yep. Watch the ducks. Watch the first period of a Ducks game. Yeah, they play at 10 p.m. our time. Watch, watch a period. You will enjoy Ducks hockey. It's exciting. They give up goals, but they score a hell of a lot of goals too. So check it out. The Anaheim Ducks just had to give them a massive shout-out on this show. And, uh, and they, I think – yeah, go ahead. And they have good prospects out of the lineup too. Like I, I don't necessarily know the other names, but I know of one, Max Jones. He's yeah. the type of player that once he gets back into the lineup – he can bring that that Connor Brown, Wayne Simmons type of feel to a lineup where he yeah. can throw some big hits and score some big goals. And I know yeah. I know of him because of being of living in London, Ontario, when he played for the Knights. And he did exactly that when he played for the Knights. He scored big goals. Yeah, like Mason McTavish has only played seven games. Um, not Ricard McCall. Sam Steele has only played nine. Uh, and that yeah, Max Jones. Yeah, he's played two games, but he had I think he had like fifteen. Yeah, 15 penalty minutes in two games. Like, he made an impact. And it's one of those things, too. It's I don't think a lot of people talk about this because it, it very rarely happens. But because of them loading up on prospects, this becomes one of those teams that they they put themselves in a good playoff spot. Come trade deadline, they make a big move, and they easily become a, a Stanley Cup contender. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they're starting to sneak into the conversation of maybe making some noise in the playoffs. They're going to have to do a lot more damage. And like, we're not even at American Thanksgiving yet. And yes, we are heavily jumping the gun, but we're allowed to be excited about a hockey team. And we are excited about the Anaheim ducks and we are all in and, on yeah. Troy, Troy Terry and his merry men. And it's crazy too. It's one of those things where I, I don't want to talk about this just because he's art. It, it was, it's kind of still fresh and he, he was just traded. But it was. It would be really interesting to see if they if they got a deal done for Jack Eichel, just to see where he would fit into this lineup, and just to see where how much better he would make this team. I really thought they were going to be the team to get Jack Eichel. It's one of those things. Do you like on your in your honest opinion? Why do you think they did it? I don't think they wanted to let go of their of, of their prospects. Like they were probably asking for what. It, Troy Terry could have been in this conversation too. Trevor Zegers, Maxim like yeah, a couple first round picks, and maybe you just hold on to those things and be like, nah, maybe we can just build up on what we have and make a whole team of it. Yeah, for sure. Like I'm, and you know what? They're gonna be fine without Jack Eichel. Um, this team has, they have a Jack Eichel somewhere in there or a Jack Eichel-like player. Maybe not somebody that is going to like reach the potential that Jack Eichel is at, but they'll be okay without their Jack Eichel. Let's move on. We mentioned them before. Um, I'm going to skip ahead here a little bit because we mentioned them. The Vancouver Canucks. <laughs> not doing so hot this year. 16 games played. 1-5, lost 9, 1-2 in overtime. They're 12 points. Um... I feel like we go through this every year with the Vancouver Canucks. When are they going to blow it up? Because I keep I, – I, it honestly feels like they just keep refusing to blow it up. How does Jim Benning still have a job? How does – how does – is it Travis Green? Yeah. 
Yeah, how does Travis Green have a have a job as a as they got to blow it up? Like, like the GM and the owner met today and had a conversation about why the team's doing so bad. How is this the first time you're talking about that? The Vancouver Canucks have been a top. If you take the averages over the last three to four seasons, the Vancouver Canucks have been consistently a bottom three team across the NHL. Yeah, and I. They had Again, one hot playoff run where their goaltender carried them for two rounds. No, 100%. Again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it was the Peter Hordacek era in Toronto after Randy Car- Carlisle was fired. This is what it seems like. It, it seems like 2014 Toronto Maple Leafs with the Vancouver Canucks. Mm-hmm. It, it, it just honestly feels like, why are you guys tr- continuing to hold on to this hope that isn't there? And – yeah. I don't know. I think it was Ray Ferraro. I don't want to quote him. I don't want to quote him incorrectly, but it was what he, I believe he said, how long until they keep pretending the stars in Vancouver are real NHL stars? Right. Because they so, just seem like top end talent, not top end superstars. So you mentioned that. And I look at their standings or their, their statistics. This is your top four scores in Vancouver. Bo Horvat with 10 points, Connor Garland with 12, Quinn Hughes with 14, JT Miller with 18. Where's Pedersen? Where's Besser? Where's Ekman Larson? That guy's got, an offensive He's got three talent. points. Travis yeah. Hamannick, one point. Yeah, he's only played four games. I'll give him a bye there. And then you look at your goaltending and it's just, it, it's not good enough. You know, Halak. Yeah, 903, and then Thatcher Demko's got a friggin' 898. And is it one of those things? This is why you don't give a big contract to a young goalie right away? I guess, but man, I don't know. They are in trouble. Their drafting hasn't been that good. I'm concerned about the Canucks, man, and I don't know how they fix this without a change in leadership. Um, where does that come from? I, 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 I don't know. Like, I'm, and I want them to do well. Vancouver deserves to have a good hockey team. Because you take a look at that 2011 team with the Sedins and they made that whole cup run against the Bruins. That was phenomenal. Let's get good hockey back in Vancouver and you're not going to do it under Jim Benning at the moment. The safest job in Canada, I'm going to quote Steve Dangle on this one. The safest job in Canada is an NHL team general manager. Yeah. And Jim Benning has one of those seven jobs because he is still there after years and years of failure. I and it's an that. absolute absolute joke that he is still there and it, it's been like that in vancouver for a while like i mean don't don't get me wrong here because bo horvat has been a great thing for vancouver he has fit in well with that team he's played well he's he's done good things for the community obviously but it's one of those things where they traded Corey schneider for this guy and yeah. i feel like ever since then it's kind of been downhill for vancouver again you like you said they did have that second round run with Thatcher Demko just playing his nuts off. But again, it's been failure after failure in Vancouver. And everyone wants to talk about the failures in Toronto. Everyone wants to talk about the failures everywhere everywhere else in the NHL. And I think the biggest failure in the NHL right now is is Vancouver. They've had talent after talent in that city, and they haven't done anything with it. And they just signed uh, Elias Pedersen to a $7.3 million contract for the next three years. So they're probably not feeling so good about that one either. Yeah. And, and the Quinn Hughes contract ain't looking too pretty either. I mean, this, this guy is, they, they didn't sign him to put up points. They, they signed him to be a, a solid defenseman that can also put up points. And he's just not doing it. He's not being that defensive guy that they need at the price they pay him. Yeah, for sure. Well, we'll keep an eye on the Vancouver Canucks. Um, hopefully they make some moves. We're going to keep it 
in that division, like we're we're talking some uh, you know teams in the same division here. Uh, we got we had yeah. the Ducks, then we got the Canucks. Now we're going to move over to the Oilers. Let's start with John Tortorella, and I'm going to yes. play. A, I'm going to play a clip here. Do you want me to play the full thing or just a little bit of it? I love the whole thing. So please, please play as much as you can of it. I will play the full thing. All right, here we go. That's Let me good. just give me a thumbs up if you can hear it. The play. What's the next step though to becoming a winning player, a playoff? winning player because you're not going to get the calls you do in the regular season he didn't last year and that was a yeah. bit of an issue yeah and he he complained about it a little bit he wasn't getting the calls I, I you know quite honestly and I I hope I say it correctly just shut up yeah don't talk about it I do think he has to change his game a bit uh mm-hmm. not not turn into a checko obviously but right he's talked about culture he's talked about standard he's talked about winning you're, you're not going to outscore. You're not just going to fill the net during playoffs and outscore teams. Mm-hmm. You have to play on the other side of the puck. You have to have uh, that business-type attitude of you're not, you, nothing's going to bother me, no matter how, you, how you're going to check me. Don't talk about it. Just play hard, play through it. But the other side of the puck is that important, too, come playoff time. Mm-hmm. I think he's learning. Tip's going to have to get that whole group. If they're talking about a Stanley Cup, they're all going to have to play a little bit a different way, not just try to outscore teams. There is motivation because you never want to be the guy that is the best hockey player in the world that didn't win a Stanley Cup. Yeah. Marcel Dion, you could sell how you could. All right, I'll stop it there. Well, my favorite thing about that clip is they they go to Torts <laughs> and they ask him the question. He goes, "I, I want to say this nicely. And I, I don't want to step on it." They just go essentially goes, "Just shut the fuck up, McDavid." <laughs> like, I found that pretty funny, but uh, ah, man, could Tortorella be more in the wrong here? I mean, depends who you're asking, because I think he's in the right. Interesting. I, let's hear, let's hear your side of it. So, okay, hear me out on this one, all right? Because I, I I know I joke around with the whole McDavid ha 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 thing. Okay, yeah, he's he's the best player in the league, guys. Let's be honest here. He, Nobody he was arguing it. you on that one. I, I know, I know. But he does it. He does it night out, night in and night out. I mean, there are there are players that are better in different areas in this league. Don't get me wrong. But for an all around game, Connor McDavid is number one. But moving on, this has been a game that does change come playoff time. I know it's yeah. not right. And it's it might not. not be it's wrong. wrong. It's wrong. Okay, cool. Whatever. We can we can we can just call it wrong. But this is the game that year after year changes come playoff time. Again, this is the same player that does complain year after year come playoff time. Being the player he is, he's going to have to deal with, with the beat, the bullshit that comes with it. Gretzky dealt with it. Lemieux dealt with it. Crosby dealt with it. Ovechkin dealt with it. Now it's McDavid's time to deal, to deal with it. And it seems of all those players, he's the one that consistently wants a shitty relationship with the refs. And it's it's going to continue to happen if he continues to complain. Crosby fixed it, Lemieux fixed it, Gretzky fixed it, and Ovechkin fixed it. That's four of the best players that have ever played in this game that have all fixed it. The fifth best player hasn't fixed it yet and hasn't found out how to win come playoff time. Okay, so what I'm taking from that is for McDavid to succeed well in the playoffs, he has to have a good relationship with the refs. I don't want to say I don't want to say that's right, but I don't want to say that's wrong because because I mean, that's 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 and like that that's bullshit. I I I'm not disagreeing with you. I, what I, is I, hockey? I do what agree is, with it. What is hockey? It's a game. 
What do games uh, yeah. have? Games Ooh. have rules. Okay. You and I were playing fucking beer pong. All right. So we're playing beer pong. It comes down to the, we both have one cup left each. I go, okay, we're going to a playoff. Now we suddenly have three cups each. And I go, oh, by the way, there's a new set of rules. Doesn't well, make any I, sense. I, I, we're playing the same maybe. game. If you're I'm best game, if I am the Connor McDavid of beer pong, nobody can beat me at beer pong. You know why? The rules don't change during beer pong. I get down to one cup. Somebody can't Roman Reigns spear me while I'm taking my shot. But in the playoffs for hockey, somehow it's okay to wear a freaking, you know, Vancouver Canucks player like a backpack and skate down the ice. The referees are at blame to this. They need to do no, their job and call the game to the book. There is a book with the rules. You can download it off the NHL website. You can buy it at Indigo or Chapters or whatever the hell it is now. Hell, you can probably order it on Amazon.ca. Maybe the officials need to go and do that because they are not calling the rules by how they should be called hockey is a game of putting the puck in the net it is not a game of getting your stick up your ass in the corner or being dragged down on a breakaway and not calling tripping the definition of tripping is if the stick goes between your legs and you haul a player down while they have possession of the puck or any time in the game to impede them from advancing the puck that is a penalty it's not that definition plus must have a good rapport with the officials no i agree i agree but the, the problem is, is we can we can disagree and agree on all those things that you just brought up because you brought up multiple, multiple good points. So did you. I see I see your side of it because the size no, you bought up, the size you bought up is just the fact of how it is right now, which is wrong. Exactly. Exactly. And that's and how it should not be. It, I totally agree with you. I'm with you hundred percent. But the, the what the facts are is the game changes come playoff time. And the good players learn with it and the, and the good players roll with it. Connor McDavid has to roll with it. it. This is the way it's going to be. I don't think the refs have ever dealt with a player with Connor McDavid's speed. I don't want to bring in these things like excuses and all, and, and all this, but there's never been a player with the speed of Connor McDavid. So at the end of the day, they still have, they, they, they have to call it the same, but they have to call it differently. I know it sounds so messed up, but it's just the way it is. And he has to learn to go with the game. He has to learn to be that guy who doesn't complain. And the minute he stops complaining is when he's going to get his calls. That's just how it works. I just can't come playoff time. And that, uh, sorry, there's just a fight in the Canada, Mexico game right now. Um, Like a legit fight. Like, yeah. Like they're throwing fists. (laughs) (laughs) Canada, Canada, baby. Canada one, two, one. Um, When the Clark played in, in, in Edmonton. Yeah. But I I don't know, man. Like, if the referees did their job and called the, the rules by the book, this wouldn't be a conversation. And also John okay, Tortorella, John Tortorella would be the first guy to say, maybe do your fucking job reps. If he had McDavid yep, on yep. his team, but guess what, John, you don't have McDavid on your team because, Oh, look at that. You don't have a head coaching job. I wonder why. No, I, I completely agree, man. I completely agree, I, but it's one of those things again, where it's just, when you complain, you become a, an enemy of the refs. And I hate to say this, but the refs are a part of the game just as much as the players are part of the game. Yeah. It, it, that's just the way it is. It, it's the truth. And another thing I want to bring up too is it's just like, I don't know, but it's, it's one of those things where, again, Tortorella is one of those guys who just, who does love to say things just to say it. But he made some good points and he's one of those guys 
say what you want to say about John Tortorella, Tortorella. The guy has had playoff success. He knows how to play in the playoffs. And he knows how to play as stars in the playoffs. Hey, 2004, he went to the Stanley Cup final with the Rangers. You know, you know what was different in 2004? The rules. Or did, it was did changed he because the of a lockout. Did no, he, go to the the, the he won a cup? He won a cup with the Lightning. And he he, he might have gone with the Rangers. I don't. Yeah, know. I don't. Yeah. I don't follow John Tortorella's career. No, but I mean, come on. Like at, at the end of the day, Connor McDavid is gonna have to uh, just have to roll with the punches. And at the end of the day, my question to you is: Would you rather the ref call a penalty to to decide the game, or would you rather to be the, Would you rather the game be decided at five on five with a missed call? I would rather the game be decided the way it should be decided. If you you say that now, you say that now, but your Leafs in a in a game seven game, they there's a missed call on the Leafs. You're not bothered by it. Well, no, that's because I'm a Leafs fan. But you give me Wild Islanders on a Tuesday night, and they miss a call in the last thirty seconds. I would rather they make that call. Yes, I, I, I'm. I'm. I don't want to sound like I'm disagreeing with you because I'm not, and you know I'm not. But it's one of those things where, again, this is one of the, it, it is a conversation. We're on a podcast. We're here to talk about yeah. things. This but is a good conversation. I, I just, I don't want to say he's wrong. I don't want to say he's right. I think that's my, that's my honest opinion. I'm 50-50 on the whole thing. But he, he made some valid points. He sounded stupid in other areas. But at the end of the day, this game has changed in so many ways come regular season. But come playoff time, it's been the same for years. Yeah. I think what we can take away from this, from both sides, from your side, the current scape of the game is that he needs to shut up because the refs are not adjusting for you. So you yeah. adjust to the refs. But in reality, we want to see the refs call the book consistently in the regular season into the playoffs. Every other sport does it. Us as fans would like to see that too. Yeah, Why are you the, changing the rules going into yeah. the playoffs? Because at the end of the day, if Conor McDavid, like the one thing I do agree with you with, and this is kind of my point here is going to be more on your side. If Conor McDavid is getting all the calls, then Austin Matthews will be getting all the calls. Then Mitch Marner will be getting all the but calls. But shouldn't the stars? Michael Bunting will be getting all the calls. It's not necessarily getting calls because your star players are going to draw more calls. If a player is faster than you, you're going to be, you know, Foul more. Who's, who's who's one of the most fouled players in the NBA? LeBron James, because he's one of yep. the most talented. But would you say? But would you say in saying that though, you kind of go against your point by saying the stars are going to are going to draw more penalties than the other players if all the rules should be the same and called the same way? Like, do you get what I'm saying there? Yeah, yeah. I don't like. And this is going to be an ongoing conversation for the next yeah, ten yeah. years. And we, I don't think we we're could talk ever about this get the next five it. episodes. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Let's move on. Uh, sticking with the Oilers, Zach Hyman. Ooh, heater. What have, what have you thought of him so far? I mean, I love the guy. Like, he's the definition of a Toronto Maple Leaf to me. He always will be. I, I, he, he's like a Phil Kessel to me in the, in the sense where I'm always going to hope for the best for him. I want him to score 30 goals a year. I want him to score 40 goals a year. I want him to get all the money he deserves, all the money he can get. Obviously, I'm not mad that he's not a Toronto Maple Leaf anymore. But he's the heart and soul of any team he plays on. If you win a Stanley Cup, you always you need a player like Zach Hyman in your lineup. And I'm just happy for the guy that, that he's he's succeeding. Obviously, his contract is isn't going to live up to what it is come year five, year six. But he's playing great now. He's helping that team tremendously, and he looks really good. Uh, yeah, I'd agree with that. Sorry, I'm just loading up this one tweet. I no, found. no worries, no worries. Internet has I'm, here, I'm here to chat too. 
it doesn't want to doesn't want to load it. But yeah, uh, I got into a conversation in my fantasy hockey pool um, where there was a trade one for one Zach Hyman for uh, Alexander Kerfoot and Alexander Kerfoot. Alexander Kerfoot was offered for Zach Hyman and the guy who would have had to give up Zach Hyman responded and said, are you high? And I came back and I said, uh, I didn't make the trade. I was just part of the discussion. And for some reason they leaked the trade in the group chat. It was kind of weird, but uh, <laughs> they, they, they came back and said, um, uh, they said, are you high? So, sorry, I lost track there. Are you high? Yeah. Uh, so I said, um, Alexander Kerfoot has been more, effective as a player in his role than Zach Hyman has and has been more valuable to his team. Because Zach Hyman right now through is it 18 games this year has 15 points, something like that. So he's doing well, but can he sustain this in the role he's in? Yeah, he's played 15 games. He's got 13 points. Sorry, six penalty minutes. What concerns me is he's a minus three. Now, he's playing with McDavid and Dreisaitl on and off each and every night. You're going to get points doing that way, but he's picking up power play points. I don't think he has too many five-on-five points. Can this guy sustain this? And I love Zach Hyman, but you're looking at this guy and people are putting him on a pedestal that I don't think he fully deserves to be on at this moment. He's playing like Zach Hyman, and – People seem to forget that this guy was making $2.5 million over the last four years and doing exactly what he's doing now. Yeah. That's not good. No. He's making $7.5 million, or sorry, $5.5 million a year now. That's $3 million more than he was making before for the same amount of input. That's yes. not a positive. It's not, I mean, it's not necessarily a negative. It's not negative to have 13 points in 15 games, but. You're in the upper echelon of talent now. You're being paid like a, a a great hockey player. You're not being paid like a good hockey player now. You're being paid like a great hockey player now. You're not elite. You're not a superstar, but you're being paid. Mm-hmm. And 13 points in 15 games for a team that people keep talking to me about being a Stanley Cup favorite, it's not a positive. Again, it's not a negative, but it's not a positive. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's going to find success with this Oilers team. Everyone's going to find success playing. With I mean, Dreisaitl I hope you find success playing with Dryside on McDavid. Like, let's yeah. be honest. Yeah, I, sure. I, I'm putting up 40 points a year. Yeah, I can't even skate. There you go. Uh, we mentioned McDavid. He has hit 600 points. He is the, I believe, fifth fastest player to do it. Um, just kind of an unreal stat. But the thing I took away from this is the amount of games Gretzky did it in. He did it in like 243 or something like that. Like 600 points in 243 games. Like it was a fucking walk in the park. Uh, Connor McDavid did it in 464 or something like that. So, um, yay. Good for you, Connor. Keep going, buddy. Keep scoring all these points that isn't actually helping your team. Well, they look pretty good this year. Yeah, for sure. Do it in the playoffs, like we've been saying. It's one of those Uh, things, though. I just, all these things. The the problem I have with this man is – there's so many teams that can have a great run through 15 games and it means nothing. And then there's these teams that have a great run through 15 games and it means everything in the world. Yeah. And if I was to sit here and my team be 11 to two as a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, everyone would be like, yep, do it in the first round, do it in the first round. Why do none of these things apply to the Edmonton Oilers? Why do none of these things apply to the New York Rangers? All these, the, the core four talk 
never applies to any of these other teams that are paying four players 58% of their, their salary cap. It's just mm-hmm. odd to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, I agree with you. Like, McDavid's one of the best players in the world, but still quite hasn't gotten it done in the playoffs. Let's move on. Uh, speaking of people who couldn't fully get it done in the playoffs, Dion Phaneuf retired today. Uh, I thought he had already retired, but I guess not. The Leafs did a nice little ceremony for him. What When you look back at Dion Phaneuf's career, what do you take away from that? I don't want to use this word to you loosely, but underrated. This guy had a great career. He definitely takes on a lot more BS than he definitely should. Obviously, spending six years as captain of a Toronto Maple Leafs team that under that underachieved, didn't do really anything in those six years. He, his, the, one of the biggest stories that came out of his whole six-year career with Toronto was not saluting the fans after one game. Man, if you got upset about that, tuck your tail between and your legs and go back home. Don't maybe don't be the guy that's throwing waffles and, and Toronto Maple Leaf jerseys on on the ice after after a Leafs game. We maybe, we, we maybe you're the issue. <laughs> we we treated that team like shit. They had every right to do that. No, hundred percent. And as a diehard Toronto Maple Leafs fan, I love Dion. I think again, he was underrated as a Toronto Maple Leaf. He was underrated as a player his whole career. It's it's unfortunate, but happy retirement to Dion. I hope he has the best post NHL career that anybody could. He deserves it. But yeah, again, it's underrated, but I love the guy. He I loved him as a Toronto Maple Leaf. I loved him as a king. I loved him as a senator. I loved him as a flame. But definitely definitely You didn't love him more. as a king? I loved him as a king. I said that. Oh, I didn't hear you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely wish he got more credit than he than he got. But again, when you when you blow a four one lead in game seven that's really the only thing that people are going to remember you guys. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, just reading off his uh, career stats here. He, you know, his, his best season was probably his rookie season. He played 82 games had 20 goals, 29 assists for 49 points. Like that's a really good rookie season. Uh, the most points he ever had in a season was his third year where he had 17 goals, 43 assists for 60 points. And then, you know, just in total, you know, he wrapped up in 2018, 2019, where he finished with the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, He played a total of 1,048 games, which in itself is an achievement. 137 goals, 357 assists, 494 points. Uh, Fantastic career by Dion Phaneuf. He also, I believe he won gold at the World Juniors. Um, And he retired a Leaf, too. Like, he retired as a Toronto Maple Leaf. Did he? Or did he retire as a hockey player? That's right. That's a... That's why he did the announcement with the Leafs. Like he, he retired as a Toronto Maple Leaf. All right, that's Good the team you. he wanted to go to. The yeah. Good for you, Dion. The Habs still yep. suck though. Yep, they always will. What is going on in Montreal? I don't want. I don't want to say this is a bad thing, but the cloud of no Shea Weber, the cloud of Carey Price, and all his stuff—it's not helping, eh? It's not help. It, it's I don't want I, again. I don't want to bring it up as a bad thing because again, I can say whatever I want to say about Carey Price. It might not be positive. It might not be negative, but you hope the guy's okay. You hope the guy comes back healthy. And he's back but, with the team. Like he, yeah, he it, look, it, it looks like he's going to be back soon. But it's been a black cloud over this team. Whether it's Weber, whether it's Carey Price, whether it's the Mark Bergevin, Mark Bergevin contract expiring whether it's all the BS they went through with the offseason of, of drafting players they shouldn't have, 
of talking to free agents they shouldn't have. It's just a black cloud over Montreal, and it's it, it's really shining through. Yeah. Um, there's a lot going on with this Habs team. Uh, the fact is that they don't really have an identity. Um, if you ask me what the Habs are right now, I would just say disappointing, and that's not what you want as your identity. Right? You don't want to be a disappointing hockey team. You want to be a team where you can say, oh, they're exciting, they're tough, they're fast. The Habs are just and- disappointing. And I take a look at their stats. Like I take a look at their scoring. Nick Suzuki is leading the team in points with 14. Tyler Toffoli at that, then at nine. Josh Anderson at eight. Gallagher at eight. Like that is disappointing. Where is and we're sure we can shit on all we want. What happened to Cole Caulfield? Alexander Romanov. What a disappointing season so far. David Savard's at minus nine. I don't know how that happens. Christian Dvorak is like leading the Masters, which is a golf tournament, at a minus 15. Jesus. Like this team, they cannot get like Josh Anderson is also a minus 12. Didn't realize that till just now. This team is not good. Jake Allen, who is now injured, has a save percentage of 905. Caden Primo, he's played one game. Uh, I don't even know if they won tonight, but they have a nine, he has a 912 save. We can't even count that. And then Sam Montembeau, five games, 890 save percentage. Like this team's I thought thought he was hurt too. The Canadians lost tonight, by the way. They did. There you go. This team's yeah. just falling apart. And yeah. I cannot remember the time that an NHL team made the cup final and then proceeded to just take a dump on their bed the following season. I hate to say this, but because I'm also somebody that, that does believe that every division last year was just as serious as every division this year. I truly believe that. But it's one of those things, was this, was this one of those negatives about being in a division with seven teams or sorry, six teams or whatever it was because they weren't necessarily supposed to be in the Stanley cup final last year. And it seems because of that, they're taking a lot more hits this year because they aren't a great team. They weren't a great team last year. They just got lucky. This goes back to our conversation about the officiating in the playoffs because it favored them because they were a heavy team. Yeah. But and then, you know, you have people saying, oh, the Canadian division was weak. The Canadian division wasn't that good. But then you look at Toronto and Edmonton, who are now two of the top teams in the NHL. Well, what division were they in last year? Same division. Calgary is a top 10 team in the NHL. Where were they last year? Same division. Right? Like Winnipeg is getting there. Where were they? Canadian they division. Game, yeah. So – I don't buy the whole Canadian division thing. And I think people who do that, it's just a lazy narrative. And it's probably American fans just trying to be like, oh, you suck. But yeah. I, 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 I can't put my finger on it with this Montreal Canadiens team because you're telling me that if Shea Weber and Carey Price come back all of a sudden, they're a 500 hockey team. I don't think so. No, I agree. Carey Price comes back. He's not scoring goals for you. Shea Weber comes back. He's not scoring goals for you. Fine I don't think scoring. Shea Weber's coming back either too. So No, neither do I. If you get yeah, Carey yeah, Price back, he might steal you a game here or there, but he can't help you win a game 5-1. No, yeah. And you're not winning games 1-0 in today's league every game. No, so. you're not. A goal is going to squeak by your goaltender, unless Jack Campbell. Unless you're Jack Campbell. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Goals so Let's go, baby. We're, we're, we're going to keep an eye on this Montreal Canadiens, Steve. Maybe next episode we'll open with a deep dive into the Canadians and how we would fix it. 
Yeah, like in a positive way too. Like I yeah. know that we're Leafs fans, but we're, we are Montreal haters. If you really want to get honest, actually, but, you know what? We'll make that a separate video. We uh, I but, did a Buffalo Sabres one before, and it did pretty well. So let's do a Canadians one. How we would fix it right now? Let's do it. Let's do it. We'll film that this week. All right. Yeah, any yeah. final thoughts? No, I, I I definitely think we touched on everything kind of hockey related this this week. I don't think it was a big news week i think we're just have we're just enjoying a lot of good hockey right now no i think we're fun. getting we're getting we're really getting into like the swing of the nhl season i yeah. really feel i really think like the first five to ten games of the nhl season maybe even 15 are kind of just like there you don't really you're you're excited it's back but you're not really into it but american kind of thanksgiving fun. american thanksgiving is where you kind of get settled yeah and, yeah. yeah so we're, and, we're a couple weeks away from there and Leafs, I mean, again, I know we, I know we did like our own little Leaf show, but the Leafs are getting hot. Edmonton's good. There's a lot of great teams in today's NHL, and I'm just excited. I'm, yeah, Anaheim's on, on a hot streak. Hopefully, they can keep it con- continuing. But just yeah, because, they're like, winning right now. There's, I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but when it comes to playoff time, the, the league just feels like it's on when teams like Anaheim, Detroit, Boston, Toronto are all in the playoffs. It just feels like. The league's in a good place. And I don't know why, but it's like Anaheim, San Jose, LA, when they're in the playoffs, it's just like, all right, it's game time. I don't know why, but it's just like those three teams in the West, I just like watching their playoffs. Because the 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 NHL gets so horny when American teams make the playoffs for just for the TV ratings. Hell, hell I'm okay with it because good hockey is good hockey. I don't yeah. care if it's American or Canadian. Yeah. All right. I got to get our Twitter handles right. So make sure you follow us at... What is it? At OSN Orion. We got a new Twitter handle. Also follow us on Instagram at OSN Orion. Hit subscribe. Hit like. Comment. Tell us why we were wrong. Tell us why we're a dumbass. Or tell us why you agree with some of our thoughts. Follow us on TikTok as well at OSN Orion. We will be back very shortly with a new video about how we can rebuild the Montreal Canadiens. That could be a fun one. Thanks for listening. We will see you soon.